There's only a handful of people in this world who have been able to rise above instances or obstacles many would assume overshadows them to become legends. Solieri wrote some fine symphonies, but so did Bloody Mozart at the same time. Stuart McGill was a great leggy at the same time as Bloody Warning. Buzz Aldrin had to walk out after Bloody Neil. And speaking of, who could forget that bloke who got two holes in ones on the same day at his local golf club on the day of the moon landing? You see where I'm going with this. But our next guest was never overshadowed by any of the legends surrounding him in that epic Chicago Bulls team of the 90s. Rodman, Jordan, our very own Luke Longley. He stood right by him and matched him to become seven-time NBA All-Star. Multiple NBA championships with the Bulls, named in the 75th anniversary NBA All-Stars team and easily finds his place in the official 50 greatest NBA players of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Rush Hour, it's Scotty Pippen. And it's a big welcome to Scotty Pippen. Scotty, the NBL finals begin tomorrow night. We have the Jack Jumpers versus the Hawks, but also our Sydney Kings take on the New Zealand Breakers. You've had some experience in three peats. Can the Kings get it done? I feel like they can. I mean, I think this is a fun time of the season for them, and I feel that uh, being that it's the playoffs, that, that should inspire them. I think that, you know, having a, a boring regular season, sometimes <laughs> you get a little uh uh, you lose focus, I guess I just say. And uh, maybe the Kings lost a little focus in the regular season, and hopefully now they can boost that energy back up and prepare for a new season, as I call it. In Australia, we love our physicality and, and, and contact sport. The NBL, it's it's very physical and not too dissimilar to when you played the NBA. Uh, yes, I, I think that they are definitely trying to maintain a sense of old-school basketball, I like to say. And uh, I, I think that physicality definitely is a throwback of that. And that style of play is what a lot of basketball fans are, are more familiar with. And I think they um, have drawn to kind of like a little bit of that. So that's something that the NBL has definitely uh, maintained as they continue to um grow the, the, the game in, in certain areas and definitely trying to stay on pace with the NBA, uh, you, you can give them a lot of credit for maintaining some of that toughness and aggressive in their sport. Scotty, one thing we love, we love when uh, the NBA stars and come out here and do some stuff in and around the NBL, and obviously, you know, you were forefront of that. But, you know, a guy like Luke Longley, uh, he's one of our greats here. Mate, that era in the 90s, the Chicago Bulls, um, mate, how good was it to play with guys like Rodman and Luke Longley? Oh, well, it was great. You know, I have some great memories with those guys, and uh, that's part of the reason why I'm uh, in Australia as well. Um, You know, I'm here promoting the NBL, but also I'm touring with Luke and Horace Grant, uh, two of my great teammates, uh, two guys that I had an opportunity to win uh, three different championships with, um, you know, and with sitting here talking about how great um, the, the 90s were and how great that the Chicago Bulls were in terms of being able to help globalize the, the game, but also uh, exhibiting team sports at a high level. A few years ago, it was reported that you were close to moving to Australia. Just how close were you? I was I was pretty close. Uh, Luke was really trying to get me over, and uh, I was excited about the opportunity to come over and get back into basketball and get it into it from a coaching standpoint. But uh, things weren't able to work out. My kids kind of convinced me to stay in America a little bit longer. So uh, 
hopefully um, I have an 18-year-old son that uh, I can convince him to come over here and uh, be a part of the uh, next SARS program that they have in the uh, NBL. Scotty, when you look at the NBA game these days, I mean, Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, they've changed the game in terms of that sort of three-point specialist. Do you sort of lament, like, do you look at sort of the older style of basketball where mid-range jumpers and driving to the basket was, was, I guess, so much more exciting? Or how do you view the game these days? Well, I enjoyed the growth and the uh, ability of these players really uh, putting themselves in the in the position to be game changers. Uh, I've enjoyed watching the three-point line being utilized more, uh, being a huge part of our game for so many years. Uh, I give credit to these young players for getting in the gym, uh, seeing that vision of being able to be a game changer by utilizing that three-point line uh, as a very valuable tool in today's game. When you see blokes like Steph Curry, obviously, doing what he's doing for a long time, you know, he takes players with him. He's so important to teams, but you know the young players. What what's the best um, sort of advice you give the young players coming through? Because you guys were the guys who set the standard. <clears throat> now there's all this big money. You got to stay humble, but also you know you got to back yourself. Yeah, I mean for any player that dreams and have the aspirations of playing at a high level, um, you you really got to put the work in. Um, you know, there's a lot of kids all around the world who wants to have that same job, have that same opportunity. So when you realize. Um, how many jobs that we have in, in our NBA games, but there's various other leagues around the world. Um, you, you have to realize that there's a lot of work ahead of you, especially when you talk about playing against some of the best players in the world, in one of the best leagues in the world. Um, the jobs become very scarce. So, uh, it's, um, it's, it's something that, you know, you have to make it, um, a journey throughout your life to get better. Uh, to devote yourself into getting better each, each and every day and just be willing to be on a long roller coaster ride. I want to ask you about our very own uh, Ben Simmons. He's can be quite frustrating um, to follow, you know, pulled out of the Olympic Games and um, hasn't quite reached his full potential, in my opinion. Any, would, any advice that you could give him? Because we would love to see him up there and, and love to see him on the court. He just hasn't seemed to be able to just get back in there and, you know, dominate. like I said, dominant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been one of his problems that he's yet to be able to get on the court and stay on it long enough for you to even evaluate his strong points off in the, in the game. But uh, he's had some issues of health and being out on the basketball court and, you know, there's not much you can say about a kid that uh, is not able to to get out there and play and get out there and compete. I mean, you just kind of hope for the best for him right now because you don't know what he's going through, whether it's physically or mentally. So uh, I, I, I think he, he he has a bright future ahead of him. He's still young for the most part, but uh, time is ticking. And uh, I, I think it's going to be important that he – He'd get himself back on the basketball court here real soon. I want to ask you about Phil Jackson, Scotty. I mean, yeah, uh, sure. you, you played in under him and, and won back-to-back uh, -back multiple times, back-to-back-to-back. Uh, -to -back -to -back. I mean, what was it about Phil Jackson, I guess, that allowed him to deal with unique individuals like Dennis Rodman and then big egos, the likes of MJ and, and others? Well, I, I think one thing was is that he was able to find a good offense that could keep a lot of uh, – 
guys happy. And it was an offense that was able to win uh, multiple championships. Uh, we was able to win five, uh, six in Chicago and five in Los Angeles. So uh, I think that the offense played a huge role for it, but I think Fields is just a great personality. Uh, someone who's played the game, has an understanding about the game, but also is very professional about allowing professionals to be professionals, but also uh, understanding when to um, turn it up a little bit. And uh, hmm. I think that all came from just having a good um, sense of dealing with, with people, uh, being a son of a minister. I think a lot of things that um, came in his life uh, allowed him to be able to deal with a lot of the, the personalities and things that he had to deal with. I think those were things that really some of the value that he got out of his father was able to help father uh, some of the teams that he coached. One thing we do is we like, like watching a lot of American sports and American podcasts in Australia. Sometimes we don't probably celebrate our athletes like we should. Like, you know, Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl, he's just been himself, obviously. He's with Taylor Swift. Like the NBA, when we're watching you guys, mate, you've got A-listers, you know, sitting uh, on courtside. You know, you've got <laughs> new musicians. They just love you guys and you got, and we all love you guys. But you guys in the 90s and even now, you know, when Kobe was playing and, um, you know, the, these guys, it just changes the game. What's that like to have all the A-listers just idolize what you guys do? Well, I, I think it's just outstanding. I think as basketball players, we understand that we are – entertainers. Uh, a lot of people watch our game uh, from ages, anywhere from two to a hundred. So we understand our jobs, but uh, we just have to try to make sure that one, that we're able to perform, meaning be on the basketball court, but you want to have a good show, meaning not you as an individual, but you're a team. You, you want to play a good game. You want to win and you want to uh, display what it is about team basketball um, that's got you at the top of your pinnacle. So we don't too much worry about the entertainers. Uh, great, great teams tend to just put on a great show. And at the end of the season, that's what they're really preparing themselves for is to battle in the playoffs. Great teams assert their dominance and great players assert their dominance. I mean, uh, you know, your, your image of, dunking over Patrick Ewing at Madison Square Garden then then telling Spike Lee to sit the hell down. I mean, take us back to that moment and, and I guess the ferocity that you approached that, that game. I mean, I was a player that I played with a lot of tenacity and, you know, I tried to keep it in between the lines. And, uh, you know, at that time, it was just a, a moment in time where I had a lot of adrenaline, a lot of momentum, and uh, there was a lot of things happened on the court after that ball was dunked through. So, uh just a lot of adrenaline flowing, and I think I was uh, just in a mood where I felt unstoppable, dominant, and it wasn't the time for Spike Lee to be standing up uh, <laughs> on the court. So I felt like he, he kind of got in uh, my lane by standing on the court. Yeah. Who had the biggest influence on your career? Was it your parents? Was it a particular coach or a, a player that you idolized? Yeah, I think it was my high school coach, uh, Coach Donald Wayne. I think he saw the potential in me and really uh, did all he could to make sure that I got a, a second opportunity uh, in terms of being able to go to college. And he 
just kind of helped me feel uh, a, a vision that I felt like that I was going to achieve. Mate, one thing I did love too is like in that Chicago Bulls setup, um, off the court, you know, we watched the last dance, you guys all got along and sometimes, you know, you all didn't see, uh, you weren't on the same page, but I love number 33. I bought a Scotty Pippen hat because, you know, the way that you played and carried yourself. Um, what does that mean to you? Like 33, it's an iconic number and uh, all those championships. Well, it, it means a lot to me, uh, especially the fact that I was able to go to a, a team, Chicago Bulls, and kind of establish 33 as my number. But it was a number that I looked up to from other guys that played the game, Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Patrick mm-hmm. Ewan. But uh, for me to go and establish uh, the number 33 uh, as a bull player, uh, as a winner, uh, someone that you know competed and felt like I competed the right way, where it was enjoyable. Uh, it means a lot to me to see fans that su- support me, uh, support the team that I played for. Um, I think that's what I kind of set out to do uh, as a player is to draw people to the game and to draw them to my style of play as well. Scotty, in your eyes, what separates a team that's capable of winning an NBA championship versus like creating a dynasty like you did at Chicago? I think it takes good leadership. Mm. Um, I think it takes uh, some great years of good luck, meaning being healthy, because you want to be able to try to defend those titles year in and year out, but also a lot of dedication, not just from any individuals, but it, it takes a a group, a team, an organization to be dedicated to what it takes to putting together a championship team and doing it consistently year in, year out. Do you think your team in from the 90s, the Chicago Bulls team from the 90s, how do you think they would match yeah. up with the current team, say, the Warriors? Oh, I mean, I think it will match up well, but you're talking about two different areas of basketball. Yeah. You're talking about a more physical quality basketball in the in the 90s and even in the to the late 80s where we really started and where it's today's game uh there's a lot less um inside play is more of an outside game a lot more three-point shooting so uh both teams will have to make and an adjust Mate, scotty what about when you played for usa you know we talk about it now we're looking we're thinking no one's going to beat the usa but you've got to bring all these individuals together. Not so much individuals, you know. You know, you got MJ, you got yourself, you know. Um, you know. There's some players that were left out of it that are still whinging about being left out of the dream team. How do you bring that all together and make sure that you crush teams? Because, you know, at your best, no one's going to match you guys. Well, I think it's very difficult for us to always send over our best players because they do want to take a break from the game at times. But... Uh, I mean, we feel that any time that we're playing for them, for the goal, that we're going to send out our best talent. Uh, maybe for some of the tryouts, then we utilize some of our younger players who are going to be our future players that will be playing for the gold medal. But it's a bit of a process, and I think USA Basketball has done a great job of really developing our teams, developing players, but also picking the right players when it comes time to playing for the goal. You've, you've been mobbed all around the globe. I mean, uh, the players used to have to have aliases booking into hotels and the yeah. like. I mean, do you ever get sick of fans coming up for photos or autographs across the globe? Uh, no, I don't want to use the word sick of it. I mean, I think it's something that you feel like you earn, you deserve it. And, you know, you're going to have fans around the world. But uh, they're like um, anything that people are not going to pick 
when they're going to walk up to you. But so you have to be um, sort of patient and be a, a good sport and understand what you've created and the acceptance of it. And uh, if you're not acceptance of it, then there comes a time when you have to be professional and you utilize the right words to kind of uh, make things best and let them know that it's probably not the right proper time or place. We've got to ask you about Michael Jordan. Obviously, such a competitive beast. What made you two so complimentary for each other in, in terms of on on court? I think we were just both driven, wanting to win, uh, chasing a childhood dream. And I think we we saw the success, and we just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. I just want to, I want to ask this. Away from you know the basketball court and obviously being who you are, what does Scotty Pippen like to do in his spare time? I enjoy playing golf. Uh, I enjoy training my boys and preparing them uh, for the next level basketball. But I, my pastime, I enjoy getting out and playing golf. Magnificent. We could talk to you all day, Scotty. Really appreciate you taking time and get down to Kudos Bank Arena tomorrow night to see the Kings versus the Breakers. Tickets still available at ticketech.com.au. Scotty Pippen, a big thanks. Thank you, Garth. I appreciate it. Legend. The Rush Hour with Garth, Jude and Wendell. Weekdays from 4 on Triple M.